The title of my sermon this morning is To Know Jesus and to See Him is to Know and See the Father. And we're looking at John chapter 14, verses 7 through to verse 11. Last time we turned to John chapter 14, we looked at the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 6. Look at verse 6 there. Jesus saith unto him, that's unto Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. For those of you who, by the grace of God, believe that Jesus is the truth, he is truth, he speaks the truth, and you believe that he bear your sins in his body at the cross, and you believe that he is the life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. You believe that he is the life and that he has raised you who were once dead in your sins. He has raised you up to everlasting life. That same Jesus who you believe to be the truth and the life, he is the way. He is the only way to heaven and to the Father. What Jesus said in verse 6 was a response to Thomas and the other disciples who understood not that he would soon be returning to his father after his sacrificial death and his glorious and triumphal resurrection. Continuing from that, Jesus said in verse 7, If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. The message in verse 7 from Jesus is very simple. And that is that knowing God the Father comes from knowing Jesus. We can be sure that the disciples did already know Jesus. Jesus could not have been saying in that verse, you really haven't got a clue who I am. You don't have a clue who the Father is. That is not what Jesus was saying there. After all, the apostles had been with Jesus for over three years. They saw his miracles They beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, the one who is full of grace and truth. They really did believe Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we can be sure that they already did know the Father. They didn't just know Jesus, they knew the Father as well, because... Jesus gives unto those who receive him and believe on his name, which the apostles did. They believed on his name. To them gave he the power or the right or the privilege to become children of God and therefore to know God as their father in heaven. Any one of you in here who knows Jesus, you know the father because Jesus has given you that great privilege of knowing his father as your father. And let's not forget the first words of the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, the prayer that we all know. How does it start? This is the prayer that Jesus taught them. It starts with, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Jesus taught them to pray our Father. So we need not imagine that Jesus was saying to his downcast disciples that they didn't have a clue who he or his Father were. They did. However, when Jesus said, from henceforth ye know him and have seen him, Jesus was referring to the events that would very soon take place. The crucifixion, his resurrection and his ascension. All of those things would result in the apostles knowing Jesus and the Father far more so than they already did. For example, the resurrection of Jesus would result in Thomas saying to Jesus, my Lord and my God. This is Thomas who didn't even believe at first that Jesus was risen risen from the dead. And yet after he saw the risen Saviour, he said, my Lord and my God. And it would result in Jesus giving Mary Magdalene the following message to deliver to his disciples. The message was, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Let's continue looking at verses 8 and 9. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that have seen me have seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? When you look at that uh, there, on the one hand, Philip actually demonstrated uh, considerable faith in verse 8 in that he believed that Jesus was able to show them the Father. That takes faith to say that. However, on the other hand, and more to the point, it revealed that Philip, and no doubt the other apostles there, that they they, they just didn't understand what Jesus had said in the previous verse, that to know him and to see him is equivalent to knowing and seeing the Father. They didn't get it, clearly, with um, Philip saying, show us the Father and that suffices us. Jesus then spelt it out for Philip in verse 9 when he said, he that have seen me have seen the Father. To see Jesus is to see the Father. What did he actually mean by that? The Bible makes it very clear that the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father and indeed the Holy Spirit are distinct persons. For example, you could, I could take you to various verses, but uh, I'll just take you to one. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, where Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You see there, three distinct persons in the Holy Trinity. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We could turn to the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. And it correctly says in there, concerning God, in this divine and infinite being, there are three subsistences. The Father, the Word or Son, and Holy Spirit, of one substance, power 
and eternity, each having the whole divine essence, yet the essence undivided. As for what Jesus said in verse 9, he that have seen me have seen the Father. That makes perfect sense in light of various scriptures that we have in the New Testament that were not available to the apostles at the time. You're probably sitting there thinking, how could, have, how could those apostles have been so dull in their understanding? They were, they, as I've already said, they've been with Jesus for over three years. But they didn't have what we have here. I don't suppose we begin to appreciate how blessed we are to have the complete Bible and the New Testament with all those verses that tell us so plainly the things that we need to know. For example, the apostles, they wouldn't have had Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 where it is written of Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. We've got that. Jesus is quite literally the express image of God. As it says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. And of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, Spurgeon said, Whatever God is, Christ is. The very, very likeness of God, the very Godhead of the Godhead, the very deity of deity is in Christ Jesus. Because he is the express image of God. In him dwelleth all, not just some, but all, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I find that amazing. It's wonderful, a wonderful truth that you really need to try and take in. And even more so when you think that when Jesus was a little baby in a cattle trough, in that little baby dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead And indeed on the cross, in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead. And then, well I've just said it, it reminds me of the carol, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Sometimes I think that we can read a verse of scripture know it well, we can even memorise that verse and yet still fail to, in, to grasp the significance of what is being said. Just look again at our text, um, John chapter 14, verse 9. Jesus said, He that have seen me have seen the Father. You've all seen that before, haven't you? You've heard that one, you've probably read it for yourself. And then you've moved on to the next verse in your daily reading. But this, these, that's one of those verses where you really need to stop and think about it. He that have seen me have seen the Father. I ask you, who other than God in the flesh could legitimately make such a statement? Could any of you in here say, he that have seen me have seen the Father, referring to the Heavenly Father? I couldn't say that. No one could. But Jesus said it because he is the express image of God. Let's move on to verses 10 and 11. 
Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and that the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. In order to make it very clear that to see Jesus and to know him is to see and to know the Father, Jesus said, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did was of the Father. No one else can say that. Again, you think about, you've got to think about these verses. You've got to stop and have a little bit of a think, meditate upon them. Could you say that? I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Maybe you'd like to be able to say that. Wouldn't it be great if we could say that? But if we're being very honest with ourselves, none of us can say things like that. I certainly can't and neither can you. It speaks of perfect unity between the Father and the Son. That's why Jesus was able to say things like that. What Jesus said was not uninspired philosophy or a muddled collection of vain thoughts or witty little anecdotes to tickle the ears of the people in the audience. He was not saying outright error and heresy that proceed from the mouths and the minds of fallible and sinful men. The things that Jesus said were not man-made traditions taught by the rabbis. He spoke the word of God. When Jesus opened his mouth, he spoke the word of God because he is the word of God. He didn't prefix his utterances with thus saith the Lord as the prophets of old sometimes did and that is because he is the Lord. He is Jehovah Jesus. To listen to Jesus is to listen to the Father. Do you get it? And everything that Jesus did was pleasing to his Father including his sacrificial death at the cross. What was his food? His food was to do the will of his heavenly father. I always do my father's will. He was obedient to his father, even unto the death of the cross, doing his father's good pleasure. If you already know the eternal son of God as your saviour from sin, then you already know his father as your father, even though you were once not a child of God, but rather you were a child of wrath and a hell-bound sinner. But that's the grace of God for you, that you can say that Almighty God is my father. Dear Christian, even though the apostles had been with Jesus for so long, it would take his resurrection from the dead and his ascension before their very eyes and the sending of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost 
to substantially increase their knowledge of him and his father. And thereafter they would continue to grow in knowledge as the days and the weeks, the months and the years passed by. All you have to do is consider the Apostle Paul. You would have thought that the Apostle Paul knew Jesus and the Father better than most of us, yeah? It's fair to say that the Apostle Paul knew Jesus and he knew the Father. Even so, Paul said of Jesus in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. I'm aware that that's a verse that I say very often in my prayers and such like. That I may know him came from the Apostle Paul maybe 30 years after his Damascus Road conversion, a long, long time after becoming a Christian, the Apostle said that I may know him. An old friend of mine in London, Albert, who went to be with the Lord some years ago, he just came out with that one day. When I was with him, we were doing some open-air evangelism, and he said that I may know him, or that I might know him. I said, what was that, Albert? And that verse has been special to me ever since. A very special verse. And may that be your prayer as well, that you may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Don't ever imagine that you know Jesus and you know the Father as much as you will ever get to know them in this lifetime. That you've reached that point where you just can't know them anymore whilst you're still in the world. Don't be like a missionary friend of mine who stopped reading his Bible because he thought he knew it all. Can you believe it? Someone who was a missionary having that attitude. He'd gone on to read the novels and various other things because he'd done, he was done with the Bible. I couldn't believe it when he told me that. Shocked. Far better to prayerfully seek to know Jesus and your Heavenly Father more and more each day as you prayerfully read the Scriptures and as you meditate upon the Lord Jesus Christ and his sufferings and his glory and his glory in his sufferings whether you are at the Lord's table or wherever you happen to be meditating upon Jesus that you may know him and that you may know the Father. Finally, to all of you who know not the, the only true God and his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, let's be as clear as daylight about one thing, and that is to know and see the Lord Jesus Christ is to know and see the Father. That's the message, the one thing that I want you to, to, to take with you this morning, that to know and see Jesus is to know and see the Father. Looking at that negatively, if you reject Jesus, if you do not know him as your saviour from sin, then you most certainly do not know God as your Father. 
So many people in this world refer to God as their father and they've got it wrong. Because Jesus said it here. You know God, the Father, when you know Jesus. Far too many people who claim to have God as their Father, and yet they have no interest in the Saviour's blood. That is a contradiction. Also, and in fairness to them, there are over a billion Muslims in the world and various other people who make no claim. They make no pretense to know God as their father. In fact, once when I was doing open air preaching, I was accosted by a very angry Muslim cleric who claimed to be deeply offended by my assertion that Jesus is the Son of God. He certainly did not like that one little bit, my saying that Jesus is the Son of God. And he did not like it when I was saying in my preaching that all who know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour know God as their Heavenly Father. Exactly what I'm telling you this morning. That they have the right, the power, the privilege to be sons and daughters of the living God. He didn't like that at all. How can God have fatherly relationships with his creatures? Well, you know what? That's precisely what we do have in the Christian faith. Almighty God adopting creatures like you and me as his sons and his daughters through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. No man has seen the Father except the eternal Son of God. He has seen him, he has declared him, and even right now he gives all you sinful creatures who trust in him as your saviour from sin the great privilege of knowing and legitimately addressing God as Father. And you too can legitimately say, prefix your prayers with Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen.